0: everything's different but to have somebody who can take all the information that you are exposed to now and make sense of it you know because it's different for everybody like you should eat this you shouldn't eat this how do you feel blah 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 but it's a slippery slope once you start going down it then it's like yeah next
1: thing you know you're a vegan (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) dude borderline borderline vegan here (laughs) it's only it's only because it helps me dodge the eggs
1: I was gonna say, then I borderline dislike you. (laughs) No,
0: (laughs) bacon is my number one favorite food. Tonight we had we had burgers with bacon; they were real good. Equal opportunity meat eater for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I love
1: it.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Health Unfiltered. I am super excited to be here today with my lovely co-host, Rowan Nicole.
1: Hello.
3: What's
2: up? (laughs) What's up? (laughs) And tonight we're also joined by (laughs) Amy Wareham. How
0: are you? I'm great, how are you?
2: I am doing well. Amy is a mom, partner, friend, stylist. She loves being outdoors and having an active life. I love that you describe yourself as type A and laid back at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's possible. It
1: is. So you're a liar too. Okay. Gotcha.
0: (laughs) No, it's all about, it's all about your environment.
1: I guess it's fair. It's very fair.
3: Being
0: a chameleon, like some, at work, I got to be a type A. As a mom, sometimes I got to be a type A. If I'm not at work or being a mom, I'm the most laid back person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm just by myself. Nobody's dependent on me.
1: Notes, I do Mom. love
2: seeing all your like adventure posts and photos on oh, your Instagram. Thanks.
0: Well, so being a hairstylist I'm supposed to uh post about hair and hair pictures. <laughs> I think I get sick of them. I don't know if other people get I get sick of seeing the same like wavy long hair. I'm sorry. Maybe it's a brunette thing, but so <laughs> I post pictures of food in the outdoors cuz that's what I like. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I love it.
2: Great. it's a nice blend i think
1: yeah no pun intended yeah Oh, well, there you go <laughs> now, what are you guys that was so what hard. are you guys
2: drinking tonight is anyone drinking
1: yeah well last last week i didn't i had no alcohol so i was like i'll have tea or whatever but i'm back uh it was like 60 degrees today and yesterday so i'm on a cider uh kick i guess but it's called blood orange a blood orange cider can you hear that
0: Ooh, I've had that oh one.
2: God. Yeah, what brand is that?
1: I don't know. Let's see. it, I, it is Austin, yeah. Austin's Eastsiders. Uh, I went to Smith's today and um, got like a build-your-own six-pack type of thing because I don't like to buy a whole six-pack and maybe not like it because I try to try different ones on here, and then I'm like stuck with five shitty beers. So um, You can't
2: commit to a full six-pack. You got to like... <laughs> yeah.
1: This is where my commitment issues go to now. So <laughs> it's gotta go somewhere. But so far Blood Orange Cider is it's great. I love it. So excited to drink more of it during the summertime. If it ever comes. Yeah.
3: What about you, Coco? I'm just drinking water, you know. We're oh. we're on day seven over here. We get with slim pickings, so <laughs>
1: Oh, that's fair, right. <laughs>
3: um Butle has no more alcohol left in her house. <laughs> But I will say the second that the snow started melting, my first, like, venture out was for pizza and beer. Hell yeah. I did, like, I was like, I'm going to brace whatever this is (laughs) for (laughs) pizza and beer. And it turned out fine. And it was nice. I don't, I'm not a... I'm not a big beer drinker since college. I don't know why. Like, I feel like as I got older, it just didn't, like, mesh well with me. But it was so nice. I feel like anytime I'm in the snow, I always want a beer. I don't know why.
1: Uh, maybe that was like your way of being like, I made way too many bad decisions, so I'm gonna not, <laughs> not going to drink beer.
3: It does. It actually does remind me of Starkville. I'm like, maybe. That's we probably should. why you're like,
1: yeah. no, I don't drink. <laughs> Quick question, Nicole. What kind of pizza did you, did you get? Were you like, oh, I have to brave the elephant, so I'm going to make it worth it? Or is it like, I'm a pizza slut, so I'm going to have, like, you know, dominoes or whatever? No.
3: (laughs) So it's really funny because I did want to support a local restaurant, but (laughs) as soon as the snow started melting, apparently every single person had the same idea I did. And the first order I tried to place... It was like, we can't process your order. There's too many orders in the queue right now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so, but I knew I wanted beer and you can get beer to go at like a lot of local restaurants right now. I love it. And so I did end up finding like, it's called Five Points Pizza here in Nashville and they do New York style pizza and it's very good. So I did end up getting that and some some local beer to go with it. But I almost I almost settled for Papa John's. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: That would give me PTSD from Starkville. I was like, that's too
1: much
3: Starkville. (laughs) That's
1: good.
2: (laughs) So embarrassing. I don't know if we ever told that story on the podcast, but we lived across the street from a Papa John's, and we (laughs) We would still have it on that same
1: street. That's right. (laughs) Uh You guys would have it delivered. So
2: embarrassing. It was. You know, it. it just grad school really took it out of you. And so <laughs> it's fair. It, for someone to walk a pizza up three flights of stairs yeah. really helped. I was going to
3: say, we didn't want to walk up and down those stairs.
1: <laughs> but to be fair, I drove and it was like a two minute walk. Mm-hmm. So I get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might as well have gotten it delivered. What uh,
2: about yeah. you, Amy? What are you drinking?
0: Um, I opted for seltzer water tonight. So wow. I. I get a limited amount of alcohol. I don't get beer anymore. I can have no gluten whatsoever or barley or rye. So I am with on Ciders, and Ugh. we may have been at a brewery before grocery shopping today. It helps the grocery shopping experience for us if we stop at a brewery <laughs> beforehand. Um, and I had a really awesome blackberry cider, which I like right now because it's not as sweet. Mm. I don't like sweet things. Mm-hmm. So I don't drink soda either. So I, I do a lot of seltzer water and all the weird flavors. Do you have a favorite brand? <clears throat> they all they all taste different. Like a lime, and every brand actually tastes different, and some are more limey, and some taste more watery. Um, this is uh-huh. aha. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I love that one. Never it's a blueberry pomegranate, though. One. Oh my god, yeah, it's my that favorite. That's really good. It's my favorite.
0: And they're always at sale on sale when we go to the grocery store now. I think people are scared of them because they just do, like, I was not oh,
1: say it's because nobody likes them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think
0: it's because they're scared oh. of them because they're weird flavors. It's like watermelon, lime, and, like, blueberry. Yeah, Palmer. the like, AHA
3: has the most unique flavors. They do. There's, like, one. Have you tried the coffee blackberry one?
0: No, I can't have well, that coffee. Sounds, uh, it's oh, really, man, uh, that sounds interesting. Oh, man. That one's really good. It looked good. I picked it up, and then I was like, oh, wait. Because I'm like, coffee's not in a can of water. Like, ruin everything. I'm like, how did they get it in here? Can't have it. Put it back. And I just, I stomp around the grocery store a lot. I read labels, and then I just throw it back on the shelf and walk away. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's
1: real. real. What about you, bro? What are you drinking?
0: I just have
2: hot tea. I've got, like, lavender hot tea. Damn it.
1: It's back. This time it's opposite. I know it is opposite.
2: You're the only one drinking alcohol.
0: I
1: do
2: have a glass Uh, of white
0: wine. The boyfriend poured a glass of white wine. Just in case they needed it at some point the <laughs> podcast. he was like just
1: in case he was like you're just gonna hear more right anymore. but like is
0: there is there another one he already cooked me dinner I can only push it too far that's so sweet
2: <laughs> here I tried to get Brian to put a baked potato in the oven he's like I don't feel like it like, alright I'll <laughs> oh see you later god. after I'm done podcasting then oh I have god. to go
3: listen to Adele and draw uh,
1: oh <laughs> he yeah does, he,
2: that was funny he's
3: oh god he's out. a character if you're li- if you ever listen, sorry, <laughs> I always oh, always bring you up, Brian, Brian. Brian. just push tell some him to get prepared because he's making <laughs> me pizza on, next week or whenever. Oh, you're yeah, going ne- next week. over there next week. It's a week but- a week from Tuesday. <laughs> Ro
2: has FOMO. It's set in already. So, <laughs> so angry
1: about everything now. But it's fine. oh my
2: gosh. That's my, my birthday memory. gift. Is Nicole coming to see me? She's yeah, like, what do you so want for sure. your birthday? I was like, just come spend time with me because I really miss you. <laughs>
1: That's fair. Just your face. Just your (laughs) (laughs) face.
2: Cool. Well, the question of the week comes from at Bree underscore Massey. What does it mean to give yourself unconditional permission to eat in intuitive eating? I love this concept. Mm -hmm. Drop some knowledge, Coco.
3: Okay. So this is kind of one of like the first principles that you'll be introduced to once you like start an intuitive eating process. And it's the one that a lot of people are most scared of because they're just like, if you give me this unconditional permission to eat, I'm just going to eat everything all the time. I'm never going to be able to stop whatever it is that you have kind of deemed that like you can't have because you end up binging it or just like eating so much of it in one sitting. But it means like this, the whole principle of like giving yourself that unconditional permission to eat is really to kind of deconstruct this thought process of like food is bad or good. And it's really just seeing like, hey, this is food for whatever, like, and for the most part, if you're really attracted to whatever food it is, like say it's cookies, and you just always tell yourself, I have to cut out cookies because I can't not eat 10 of them at one time. You know, that overeating of that certain food or whatever it is comes from the restriction in the first place. So we really have to get over that that hump of restriction and um, not restrict anymore because if you continue to restrict then you're just going to continue to focus on it and you're going to continue to want it. So giving yourself that permission to eat it is really just that bridge to healing that relationship and it really is true that the more that you allow yourself to eat it, the more that you kind of just like let it be in your life, you will get over it a lot faster than you think you will. So maybe like for the first day, you do just eat a shit ton of cookies. But then like the next day, you'll be like, "Mm, I ate a lot of cookies yesterday. I'm just not really, I'm not really feeling it. Maybe you'll eat a couple more. But eventually, you know, as long as you allow that food to continue to be in your life you're not going to be so fixated on it you're going to know that it's there and that you can eat it at any point and it will like reduce you binging it or just being obsessed with it
2: that's definitely some great advice I love this concept so much and I think you explain it so beautifully
3: yeah Thanks. I mean, it's, it's hard because you just don't. (laughs) Thank
1: you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. I did do a really great job.
3: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It was when I kind of first started like exploring this concept as well. Like I was just like, uh, this is a terrible idea, but you know, everybody's different, and it might, it might take a few months to get over that, that, you know, deeming that thing bad and wanting to restrict it and then binging it and just going through that cycle. But you know, you just got to give yourself grace and explore and learn and you'll get there.
2: Yeah, you're trying to like relearn how to do something that you've probably done a certain way for a really long time. So yeah, there will be a learning curve, but mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely worth like exploring and getting rid of that binge restrict diet mentality.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It helps take the emotions out. <laughs> you know, it like does. Yeah. emotional eating. It, it, yeah. Well, it is, you know, but it's like it is like, don't tell me I can't eat a cookie. Well if I need a cookie, okay. Well then I'm not saying, yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. have to eat the whole bag if I can eat another one like later. It is. Exactly. It's
1: like, it's like the opposite too. Every time I'm about to do something Casey's like, Oh, can you do that? I'm like, No, I don't want to anymore. So I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm being Just mindful. like the potato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Can like, you okay. put a baked
1: potato in? Oh, I was about to, but now I don't want to. So you know what, Brian? He, Good for exactly. you. Good for yeah. you, Brian. It's just how
3: our brains are <laughs> wired. <laughs> oh, you want me to do this or you don't want me to do this? It's just going to like um, impact I'm do your opposite. decision. <laughs>
0: yeah. but, but what are you going to give me later if I do it? Yeah. That's your question. Nothing. If I put in the potato, <laughs> it in the what do I get? What do I get later? A baked potato. Also a familiar
2: narrative. <laughs> the <Right>? potato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive right in. The Tonight, we're talking about a couple different things. In this episode, we're going to talk with Amy about what she does as a hairstylist and everything about loving yourself, the skin you're in through aging to embracing life and working through autoimmune disorder and diagnosis and what all that looks like. So I'm really excited to hear your take and for us all to learn more about you and your journey. Cool. So Amy, let's start by you telling us about yourself and your work and more about your passion for helping women.
0: Absolutely. So I've been a hairstylist for 16 years. I've always been in the North Carolina area. And when I'm not doing hair, I'm a mom, I'm active. I've always been an athlete, runner, you know, anything that just kind of gave me that endorphin, adrenaline, you know, high mountain biking, whatever. And it's been really interesting is I've grown up, you know, the women in my chair are growing up at the same time and so you know between food struggles and health struggles and stuff like that you know just similarities are popping up you know like oh I struggle with this or oh I'm not feeling good or I got diagnosed with this or my shoulder hurts or my knee hurts and we're all just kind of getting old together and it's just been really interesting that these similarities have popped up and then as time goes by, it's who, who are you on the inside and how do you feel pretty? And, you know, a year ago I was diagnosed with MS and it was a kick in the face and I've always been healthy and active. And then they give me a chronic diagnosis, yeah. a, a chronic diagnosis and, um, I'm not the only one you know, I have a lot of clients that struggle with a lot of health issues. And, you know, it was it was nice that I wasn't the only one. But then it makes me realize I have tons of clients that are struggling with other things and food challenges and exercise challenges. And, you know, I initially sought out Brooke for that specific reason of finding somebody that could help through managing food expectations and healthy living, regardless of your age or regardless of what you know, eating pattern that you might need to follow to fit some sort of medical um, situation. And, you know, just women believing in themselves and what really resonated was they've never felt good. So they're not looking for feeling better. They've never been active enough to feel strong. They've never eaten clean enough to not have headaches, not have reflux, not have GI issues. So they think it's normal. And I'm standing there, you know, now giving a chronic di- diagnosis and I'm choosing a functional method to try to, like, work with it right now. And I'm like, but you can feel so good. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just sugar. It's just coffee. It's just this. Like, you don't know. The reward on the other side of this is so good. And so I was searching for someone who could help be an advocate and a source of information and for these women to believe in themselves and to talk to another woman to to know that they can feel better, even if it's just a simple couple changes.
2: I love that. I was actually just talking about this with a friend yesterday, who she was having a lot of GI issues, and I didn't even know about it. And she knows I'm a dietitian, obviously. And it wasn't until this had been going on a long time where she mentioned it And I referred her to someone that was a good fit for what she needed. And she's like, this has been life changing. She's like, I didn't even register that this wasn't normal because I was so used to it. But now my life is so much better.
0: Oh, well, and you sleep better. I mean, everything gets better when you feel better. You sleep better. Your, Your daily communication with your loved ones is better. Your personality and your... Your mood at work is better. You're—I mean—you're a nicer driver. I mean, you just feel <laughs>
2: well, eh, better. I, don't know if I am, but <laughs> maybe it depends
0: on—maybe it depends on where you live. <laughs> That's true.
2: I love it. I feel like you probably hear all kinds of stuff. I obviously love—I love Whitney, my hairstylist, which is our common connection too. But. She I feel like you probably hear some of the craziest stuff and like people's most intimate things because like, I sit in that chair for a long time. Let me tell you, when I had extensions, I sat in that chair for like a whole day, like hanging out yeah. with someone.
0: They like, bring I you lunch. Like you
2: really get to know people.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They bring you lunch in when you get extensions in because you're there all day. <laughs> all day
1: i know i know we all joke about like being the 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 therapist for our clients or something but i don't think we hold a candle to (laughs) to hairdressers and hair specialists no way
0: oh it's bad especially when you have it's bad it's when you have families like you have a husband and a wife and like the mother-in-law and it's (laughs) like they all talk about each other and you're just like it's like some like little hepa thing it's like yeah uh uh uh-huh oh i didn't hear about (laughs) that i didn't know yeah Oh, Some she said that to your she said stuff. that to your sister. I can't imagine. You've heard about this two weeks ago and already heard it from three other people, and you're getting like grandma's last version, and you're like, "Oh yeah, oh I'm so sorry, <clears throat> so sorry to hear
1: that." Should write you a know. memoir.
0: Oh, my mom so says that all the time. I was like, "Why don't I just call you on the way home from work and give you my stories, and then you can type it up for me?" You write
1: stuff. them down, yeah. I was like,
0: "I don't have time for it right now." Love it. Nice.
2: So do you mind sharing a little bit? I know you kind of mentioned that you were diagnosed with MS, but do you mind telling us about how that happened and what that was like for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said, it was like a swift kick in the face. I did um, a Spartan race a year ago. Uh, It was May in North Carolina. So it was really hot. And so we got done with a Spartan race and a couple, you know, got our celebratory beer afterwards and eat crappy food and, you know, whatever. And, you know, the next day in the shower, I realized, like, my fingertips were numb. And I was like, man, it must have been, like, those rings you swing across. Like, I don't do enough shoulder stuff. It must have been that. It must have pinched a nerve. Days go by. My fingers are still numb. Um, and so, again, a benefit of my job. I'm a hairstylist. So, one of my clients is a sports medicine doctor at Duke. And I'm like, hey, my fingertips are numb. Let's talk about this. Like, what is my level of concern? And he was like, well, does anything hurt? I was like, nope. Just numb fingertips, did the Spartan race, and he tells me to take some inflammatories and anti inflammatories and work through it. And so, long story short, get it to go away. And then I was like, you know, I work out a lot. I, I was at a, you know, boot camp style gym, hit workout six days a week. I stand for a living. You know, I was like, let me just make sure I'm not gonna like hurt something. Like at this point, I had tingling running down my legs and my back. They're telling me my core doesn't work. I'm like weak. I need to engage things. And I'm like, this is strongest I've ever been in my life. Like I'm not like a slacker here. Um, so I go get an MRI and the, the, the guy that I saw was great, did a great eval and ended up doing a cervical MRI and a lumbar, um, which I didn't know. You don't have spinal cord in your lumbar. Um, but the cervical area is split the top of your body and the bottom of your body halfway through. Um, so I ended up, having lesions on my cervical spine. And of course he calls me and he's like, Hey, we totally like hit the nail on the head. We, we found something. And I'm like, great. And he's like, so you have lesions. It could be a tumor. It could be cancer or it could be MS. And I like sucked wind literally. Um, And I was like, okay. And my, my brain went into overdrive. My emotions like shut off. And I was like, okay. I was like, It's a mess. And he was like, well, why do you say that? And I was like, five years ago, I had a viral infection. I never felt right after that. I went for blood work. I went, I told them they couldn't find anything. And I was like, my body hasn't been acting right since then. And I've been reacting to food the last five years. I've been taking stuff out of my diet. And every time I look it up, it says autoimmune protocol. I told my mom two years ago, I have an autoimmune. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong. And he was like, that seems to fit a pretty good profile of what this could be. And so I got referred to a neurologist, more MRIs, um, confirmed my diagnosis. And, you know, meeting the neurologist was a special moment. Um, at the end of it, I broke up with him very politely. And I said, <laughs> "I don't, I don't think we're speaking the same language. He was trying to put me on monthly infusions for the rest of my life that are pretty much stronger than chemo. And I was like, but if I sleep really good and I and I don't eat this, this, or this, like, I feel better. And he's like, nah, it's just a coincidence. And I was like, ooh, yeah, I just don't think we're, we're not on the same page. We're not on the same page. So I was like, I'm sure you're great for somebody. It's just not me. Like, I don't want pills. I don't want, he was trying to give me three days of IV steroids. I don't, I don't do well on steroids. And I was like, no, like. And my boyfriend, meanwhile, is trying to crawl under my chair, mind you. He is like, oh, God, (laughs) she is going to lose her on this guy. Like, going under their chair. And so I politely broke up with him. And I was like, I got to find another way. Um, And I have a team of people now. Over the last year, I've built a team of a functional doctor, a functional GYN. I have an immunologist. And then I have a neurologist at Duke. And so with the four of them, they put all their mad science skills together from every aspect. And so I currently am not on meds, but I take more supplements than your grandmother ever thought was possible <laughs> um, and more than she had in her little pill case. Cause her little pill case for the week looks like my daily pill case. Um, and I have a ton of food restrictions, but I have felt better than I ever have, so.
2: Well, I gotta uh, give you like a major uh, props for advocating for your health and knowing yes like when it was and wasn't a good fit and like that's hard to do i think for Mm. a lot of people and so the fact that you were really tenacious about figuring it out and then making sure you assembled a team where the vision aligned for your course of treatment like that's awesome
0: thanks i i appreciate it it's hard and i have friends with similar journeys and they have stuff going on and looking for diagnosis and are getting you know very blanket ibs or this or that, and they're not getting answers. And you know, it's kind of like when you sit there. It, none of you guys have kids, but like if you have kids, and they're trying to label your kid with a, some sort of disorder now, because they all have disorders now. Um, and you're like, I don't, I don't care what the label is. What's the root of it? And then how do I treat the root of it? Like I don't, I don't need a symptom fix. Like if I, if I work at the root, then the symptoms hopefully will dissipate and when someone's not hearing your voice especially like it's the rest of your life it's not like ooh do these drugs for a year and then you get to be done right. it's like no forever and i'm like do you hear do you hear yourself like do <laughs> you would you tell your kid this like i'm j- baffled i sit there baffled because i just don't and they it, a lot of them treat you very textbook they go down the list. They check the boxes, and they go, "Okay, here, do this." And I'm like, "Ooh, hi, my name's Amy. Nice to meet you." <laughs> hi, let's start over. Hi, <laughs> what's your favorite color? Okay, we got to do this together because you're stuck with me. So, like, are we on the same page? So it's yeah. It's... Like
1: a, I'm not just a case study in a book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And again, it's like I'm. I will be the most wow. compliant patient. I will be the most compliant. Like. If if you're my dietician, if you're my trainer, like if you're my doctor, I'm the most compliant person if I agree and believe that we are on the same page. And I think, I think that's huge, you know, in any sort of health journey you're taking, whether it's physical or mental or emotional or eating or whatever version of it it is, you have to be on the same page. Yeah,
2: and I think it's important to... to assemble a team like you did. If you feel like you're working with someone and it's not a good fit, there's a ton of great healthcare providers out there like you know, I would challenge you to 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 look around. Just like, I don't know, it's kind of like dating. Like if you're going to spend a lot of time with this person, like you're taking care of your health, like you want it to be a good fit. And nowadays, I do think there's a lot of good options out there. I have a functional medicine doctor who she's MD, DO, I don't even she's all kinds. She's everything and she's a wonder woman and i'm so glad i found her but i had a bunch of different doctors in the area before i found someone who's what i wanted out of my health and what they their vision aligned and so i definitely encourage people to seek whatever that looks like for you and for someone listening who might not be familiar with autoimmune disease i just wanted to give like a brief what is it autoimmune disease in the simplest terms is characterized by an overactive immune system that leads to chronic inflammation and tissue destruction. And it's really common that these are misdiagnosed, you know, kind of similar to Amy's story, because they look like a lot of other diseases. And some examples of autoimmune disease is like lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, all those things kind of fall into that category.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I think specifically MS is um, the destruction of the myelin sheath, in the the neuron right so what happens is that your ability to transmit information from your brain to your spine to the muscle gets slowed down or just affected completely so um yeah man like you read it and you're like wow oh, that's that's that sucks and then like you you hear it from a personal experience and you're like god damn it i could never you know so props right? to you amy that's <laughs> Thanks. Well, well, the uh, I'm getting anxiety the, just the crazy about it. thing about it
0: is <laughs> it if you webmd it right, the this the listed symptoms are fatigue. I was taking two naps a day, but I was like, oh, but I get up at five a.m. and oh, I stand behind the chair all day and oh, like I have a kid, so I'm busy. Like that's normal, right? I would go to the gym in the morning. I would take a twenty minute to thirty minute power nap after the gym before I got ready for work. I'd get off work. I take another power nap before my son got out of school. And, like, that's how I had to make it through the day. But, like, if I read fatigue, I'm like, I don't have that. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no. You know, or it's like, I or depression is a huge one for MS. And it's probably because they have you on the drugs. But um, I'm like, I'm not depressed. I'm like the happiest I've ever been. Like, I'm active. I love my life. Like, we're good. And then it's like, (laughs) oh, like, tingling. And I'm like, yeah, but... Sometimes like your foot falls asleep. It's fine. Like tingles are fine. Like that your can't, whole body just that falls Yeah, that can't be it. You know, whatever. And it's like so it's hard when you when you're not feeling good and you jump to Googling, you know, you could probably have anything and that's why they always end up telling you you have cancer and you're gonna die. But you know <laughs> knowing that, you know, as Brooke had said, having a functional I have a functional doctor and it has been a game changer for me. But knowing, especially right now, that so many things are available virtually. Most of my appointments are telemed appointments. I haven't met my functional doctor in person. I've never met my immunologist. You know, COVID, I got diagnosed when COVID shut down. The world was shutting down when my diagnosis was coming out. And that's when they wanted yeah. to give me an immunosuppressant. And I was like, okay, hold on. again, <laughs> new girl, new girl here. Um, you want to give me an immunosuppressant when we're going into a pandemic?
3: Right. Am I the only
0: one who was like, "This is bullshit, like what are you thinking like this is this is the worst idea I have ever heard ever heard and luckily, my family and my friends are so supportive of not only whatever I wanted to pick but what I did pick and supporting me in making it happen. It's not easy. you know, I have a team of doctors, but I have a team of support people for my soul and for my food to make it every day.
2: Yeah. Did you get pushback from people when they found out you were going the functional medicine route versus like traditional medicine?
0: Um, no, I think I got a mixture of the people that know me. I'm very, um, like I said, laid back or type A and this cranked up my type A, which is funny because that's a big issue with autoimmune is it's very gray area. You know, the only way they can check to see if I have more lesions is I have to get an MRI. Like, if I have new tingles, then it's like, well, has it? Is it tingling where it's tingled before? Then maybe it's the same lesion. Like, they can't... There's no way to check. There's no blood test to be like, oh, your levels are high or, oh, whatever. It's just... It's this weird, like, the nightmare of a, like, type A person. Like, I have no control over this. Um, and that's why I said, like, I had a beer earlier today, but I can tell when I drink... Like, my brain feels swollen. I can feel inflammation because... That's my goal is to drive my inflammation as low as I possibly can um, to keep my immune system nice and sleepy so it doesn't try to attack me.
2: Yeah, I feel like you'd have to have really good body awareness skills or that you would develop that Mm -hmm. through this process. You could really be in tune with like, okay, what's working? What is my body telling me?
0: That well, and then you, thing. but you have to listen too. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Is it'll tell you. <laughs> right. it, it's like you should sit down, and I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm almost done. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost <laughs> done. Or like, no, you probably you should probably shouldn't. Um, it's funny you say that. I have a really great friend. She was diagnosed seven years ago, and we have the same functional doctor. So she has been a huge support in that. And um, she can't feel when she eats things. She doesn't feel bad. I can feel when I eat things that I don't feel good. And she's envious. She's like, I'm so jealous that like you can eat that and no. And it like deters you. And I'm like, mm, but the fear point. it gives me of if I eat that I feel bad is a whole nother ball game.
1: Right. So
3: that's
0: a it's a two-sided... Yeah. Which brings me back to, you know, Nicole and her intuitive eating, because it's like, you know, I borderline will play with an eating disorder of, like, I just won't eat. I just won't. Like, it's like it's not worth me. I have a black and white list that I have to follow, and it's not what's in your kitchen. I guarantee you, I could come into your house and probably only eat two things in your house right now. Unless you have a lot of produce. Like, it's it's really... You're not eating packaged food. Nothing in a box. Gotta, nothing in a bottle.
1: I got a lot of steak. Can you eat,
0: yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll come to your house then. I'll come to your house. Nicole's got water. I could probably hang out with Nicole. she got water. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> also, Brooke, Casey, like, like Amy eat. said, she has a boyfriend. So I'm not not trying to invite her over. I'm Bro- just trying no, to feed her. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> sure good. Yeah,
0: I'm an equal opportunity eater. That's, that's all I need. I'm fulfilled otherwise. I couldn't eat Brooke's potato, though, unless it was a sweet potato. I can't have white. I can't <laughs> have white potatoes.
2: Potato. <laughs> the baked potato I'm not getting. Brian's no.
0: decided.
1: That's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, it's interesting that you, you said that um, this, the, I guess the symptomology for you and your friend are different because, you know, she doesn't feel things. She wish she felt things and you feel things. And sometimes you wish you didn't. And I think that's like that, that right there it explains to you, or is a really good example of like the massive area that comes with autoimmune diseases oh, um, sure. and everything we talk about, you know, uh, from here on out and from before, it's like so much of it is, does that work for you? Then keep doing it, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if someone else said that, you know, you have to do this exercise or eat this plant or whatever. Like, if you know for Absolutely. yourself that it's not working, then it's not working. Um, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Science is like the starting point and then your body should be the final say. Yeah. Like, right. As to if what really works for you, for sure. What has been the most challenging thing for you, Amy, I guess, about managing your MS?
0: Uh, The type A personality has probably been, in itself, a challenge. Uh, So my multiple sclerosis is my symptoms will demonstrate that I have tingling in my fingertips. Once anything starts tingling in my body, like extremity-wise, it lasts for four months. It doesn't mean that it is active. It just stays. Luckily, mine is not Well, most of mine is not complete numbness. It's kind of that sleepy, like if your foot fell asleep, but it doesn't hurt like those pins and needles. But if you put your hand in hot water, you can feel it. It feels numb. You can feel like it's not there. Um, So my fingertips do it. My toes do it. And then like my left big toe will go numb and the outside of my right foot will go numb. And it'll last four months once my nerves get, I call them pissed off. But once they get pissed off, it's for like (laughs) four months.
1: The clinical which, definition,
0: right? Which um, definitely screwed with my head, you know, because it, it it took me two rounds to figure out because I tracked it that it was four months, and then of course my my functional doctor's like, well, yeah, four months is about right. I'm like, you couldn't you couldn't tell me, you couldn't give me a heads up like just, <laughs> like, but my foot wasn't gonna come back for four months, um, so. The the sensory stuff for me um, is a big one. Memory, like I have a photographic memory, and by the end of 2019, 2018, I don't know the years twenty nineteen, um, I couldn't remember a phone number, and I just thought I was stressed or tired or you know old, and I was like, or oh, I did too many drugs in college or something. I was like, I just I just can't remember. <laughs> like my mom always says, my film got overexposed too many during, during those college years. Um, I love that, but I couldn't. I couldn't see things anymore. Somebody would ask me if I did something like, did you, did you just go pee? I don't know. Like, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, Just like in
2: a daze, kind of?
0: I couldn't recall the memory. Like I would like go in my head and I'd go look for the little file folder where I would keep the memory of me doing something and I would go look for it and there's nothing there. It's very short-term, long-term is there. But like I said, this happened like five years ago. So the last five years, I still have bits and pieces where I can't place what it was or who it was or when it was or pictures helped me a lot, but I didn't realize how bad that was. Um, fatigue. Fatigue is like the number one thing that you hear a lot with autoimmune. Um, and once I put, I mean, and my fatigue was really bad and I didn't really know, a lot of people don't know the difference between fatigue and tired. Um, and the best way I could describe it is tired is like, oh, I want to close my eyes and take a nap. And fatigue is my body weighs a million pounds. Like, I, and I, it's funny, I had told my trainer at the time, I was like, I can't hold my body up. Like, I don't know how to tell you that it is, it is taking everything in my, in my being to stand up right now. Um, and it wasn't a muscle thing. Like, my muscles were there, but it was like to get everything to fire and engage and to be working it just didn't do and that's where like you know part of the the neuro stuff comes in um and then bladder control that's a big one I mean Mm. it's that same kind of abnormal signaling of you think I think I have to pee all the time it doesn't help I drink a lot of water but I think I have to pee all the time and so sometimes I'll sit there and be like you just pee you haven't had that much to drink you don't have to and I will literally like talk my bladder down and they call it behavioral modification. Like if you can behaviorally modify the issue, they won't give you a pill for it. But if you get to the point that you can't talk your bladder down, then they give you drugs for it. And I'm like, ooh.
1: That's... I feel like that one's pretty important. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that That
0: sounds like, well, is that or a diaper? I mean, is really what it comes down to. And I use humor for all this. I'm like, how could you not? You gotta find humor in some sort of this. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, so, but all these things, I mean, comparably, are very manageable. I always try to say, you know, it could be so much worse and, you know, I'm very happy. And in my head, I'm very healthy and I'm still active, not to the degree that I was when I was deadlifting and squatting and the weight that I was. Um, But I can't complain in any way, shape or form. It could be so much worse. For sure.
2: Yeah. Ro, do you have any good advice about how people with autoimmune diseases should approach exercise?
1: yeah uh (laughs) so so you know like that's kind of why i chimed in earlier to talk about so much gray area right um uh, if you look at like standard protocol for uh programming it's you know you you are asking the client what they need what they want and then like realistically what is what you can do um, and then you run down the checklist of like, you know, exercise selection, equipment that they might have, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And so that, that in itself doesn't change, right. For anyone that, um, is, uh, quote unquote normal. Like, I, I don't know how to say that, right. Or someone who doesn't have a disease. Um, but the what, what changes is like the the goal, right. Um you know I you you talked about fatigue and you know you not being as strong as you used to be, but that's it makes sense to me because neurologically it's just not the same right and you look at muscle and it's built out of tissues and tendons but so much of it is just your muscles only work if your nerves that are connected to them are able to amplify them enough to be like, okay let's let's get moving like that's how you can create force so you know understanding all that then the the main thing obviously when you when you ask someone like amy or someone that has ms or some other sort of uh autoimmune disease is like you just you want to feel better right you want to get back to your your life you want to have the ability to do that um and especially the fatigue management right so why would you try to set prs all the time or really push yourself if you know that's gonna affect your entire life because there are times where i'm like oh i'm gonna push myself and i'm out for a day right i'm like i'm toast i pr'd it it was cool whatever but i also know i'm not doing shit for the next 48 hours whatever but the difference is you know i I don't know how that's gonna affect amy so i can't just be like yeah we're gonna yolo this time and (laughs) we'll see right because because then she's like cool for the next four months i can't feel my pinky toe and you're like, well, what's more important, a 400-pound squat or a pinky toe? It's, <laughs> it's, like, well, it's I, so I, I don't know. so say that
0: because um, – so my fingertips tingled after the Spartan race, and I got that under control. And then I got diagnosed, mm-hmm. and I used to run to handle stress. And you can ask my mom. The only time I run is when, like, life is in full crisis. Like, that is how – uh, yeah, like stressed. when people go, can you fill my antidepressant? That's when I'm like, I'm buying a new pair of running shoes and I'm getting new headphones and we're gonna do this because this is how I deal with it. Um, <laughs> and I was really pissed off in April. I got diagnosed the beginning of March into February. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna go for a run, like cold turkey, haven't run in probably like a year. But I could always like, even when I wasn't running, I could go out and do like a solid three miles at like a nine minute pace and just push it and be done. And my toes went numb. And so I had a doctor's appointment. It just happened to be a couple days later. And he's like, how are you doing? And I was like, well, my toes are numb. And he was like, what did you do that day? And I was like, well, you know this. And I thought my shoes just rubbed funny. I was like, it's new shoes. You know, whatever. Friction, whatever. They're still numb days later. I'm like, it's the shoes. And he's <laughs> like, you can't do that. And I was like, I can't. Do what He was like, you can't push your level of inflammation like that. It's kind of like when you're pregnant, you know, they say you can work out to the degree of which you were comfortable working out. But you can't get pregnant and like, oh, I'm going to start doing like a, a boot camp workout like you can't. And so um, it made my toes go numb. And so it's funny. I was brought up as an athlete to hear my body go push like this is when you push. It's starting to fail push. And now it's, like, my body's, mm-hmm. like, I hear it. And where I normally would instinctually push, I I can push for, like, three minutes, especially if it's, like, a cardio something. And if I do not quickly adjust within about three minutes, I need to stop. Because my body's, like, you're done. Tap out. And I have to listen. Or just like you said, I'll be out for days. Yeah.
1: Right. Or something goes numb. Yeah, it's, it's you know... I can't, obviously I can't speak to like an autoimmune disease, but, uh, I had back surgery cause, so I understand the nerve pain thing I'm very sure. well. Uh, I actually couldn't feel my pinky toes and I guess the, the ring mm-hmm. finger toe, I don't know <laughs> uh, the fourth one, uh, I was about to four... say, Scott, I, was I was about, about to say, do you have, toe, have ring?
0: toe
2: rings Yeah. On? Oh, I
1: have toe rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh that's where i wear my wedding band one day some people are like, you married i'm like i don't know take off my shoes and see anyway um yeah it, you know it, it would be it took uh i think a, a year until i could feel everything after the surgery um but randomly one time i was my, my big toe on my left ankle or my left foot like couldn't fully extend and dorsal flex and one day I was just sitting on the couch and just kind of playing my toes like I do. And I and it happened. And I did it. And I was like, holy sh... What? Like, and I called Casey. and I was like, hey, I just moved my toe. And she was like, all right. Like, What's... It, you, so? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you can do that because you're a human. And I was like, no, like, I haven't been able to do this. So, so I, I get that, you know, sometimes like randomly or just, it's just like, oh, it's yeah. good now. You know, but there are other times where... Uh, i'll do a lift or something that has felt so standard like it's it's good now um but then for four or five days i'm like man this this doesn't feel good and it's different than like pulling a muscle because i've done that right and like you feel the tension in the muscle but this is just some like weird numbness thing um so i can empathize with that you know the thing is it's not it's not as severe, and I can right. still eat, you know, what I want. So, uh, so I definitely don't have it as bad. But yeah, I I bring that up also because like I, I said that the the process doesn't change when it comes to figuring out how to exercise, right? Um, when I was reading the the research in uh, MS and exercise, um, they had this thing called an exercise staircase model, which I think is pretty standard when you when you zoom out, but it's that depending on the severity of the MS, um, you work on passive range of motion, active range of motion next, and then integrated exercise. So it makes sense that you need to be able to get into a certain position and then you need to be able to put yourself into that position and then you need to be able to act in that position. So that's like exercising in general, right? You wouldn't just be like, Hey, here's a 300 pound squat. Go ahead and get underneath it. Um, but, you know, for maybe someone that's listening, like maybe that resonates with you because you have an autoimmune disease or someone who just like, oh, I've never thought about it that way. That's, that's a pretty standard way of looking at it. Um, what's so cool is when we think about, uh, MS being or affecting neurons, Right cardio and resistance are are different things because they work different systems throughout the body. Like, yes, when you run and when you do biking and stuff, you have to activate those nerves to get muscles to go, but nothing really quite does it like resistance training because you're going to activate all those different muscle fibers. Um, if you're going heavy enough, you're going to fatigue and all of those neural processes then have to wake up. And so, I, I from what I read and also from what I believe the best way to to deal with that or to make yourself stronger is to implement resistance training the problem there is that you know you you mentioned boot camp and hit and stuff doing boot camp is like great cardiovascularly and you know gets you to it's fun for some people not for me but it's fun for some people right to be like today we're gonna do a hundred squats and then burpees and whatever you guys do um but the thing is, in, when you do stuff for high reps, uh, fatigue starts to set in, and so your movement capacity uh, decreases, and then your efficiency decreases. And so then you start to kind of like, maybe your squat is like shifty, or you're pressing and it's kind of just like, you know, your shoulders are going out of whack and your core isn't stabilizing anymore. And so when I look at that from a coaching perspective, I'm like, less of that more of just basic strength training because if i can teach you to to lunge and have you hold heavy weight now what's happening is from a neural standpoint you're activating all that muscle it's getting woken up or it's getting used to it's being forced to work and so now when you do that body weight or you're going throughout your normal day it's easier right um so that that's that's like the first thing that when you when you mentioned boot camp, I was like, ah. Like my mind kind of like freaked out a little bit. Um, but it's also, you know, you have to live your life. And if that's what you like to do, then then you have to do it.
0: Well, the universe totally took care of me because like I said, I got diagnosed as the world was shutting down. So <laughs> I was already in my boot camp having to modify. I was tingling. I am heat intolerant until my diet and supplement started. So, I mean, I was like working out by the fan. I'm like you know i'll be in the corner like then just by the fan you know just so i don't pass out yeah um but the gym shut down and so my inflammation between i was barbell lifting and do i was barbell lifting specifically to try to build the strength in my back and my core to help mm-hmm. with the the my weakness and tingling um and then i was doing the the hit workouts and so when the world shut down it stopped me cold in my tracks, which was probably the recovery and healing that I needed to be doing to get back into a good place of, you know, lowering my inflammation because the, the thing that they always, that always resonates is, you know, inflammation is the key to all of this. And so if you're having big muscle tears, then your immune system will spike, you know, to try to recover and to repair those muscles and stuff. So it's, teeny tiny tears and what you said was great because you know i started doing yoga and walking and you know with numb toes sometimes walking can hit and miss so we were <laughs> very fortunate we have a rowing machine so me and my little concept too like we can just i can row and not worry about my feet because i can just strap them in and then i can still get some cardio um but yeah my goal is to get back to resistance training would be awesome and just some light weights so i don't look so twig like
1: <laughs> you you look great um i do have a question when when you were doing resistance training uh did you did you feel the i, I guess i guess you you just said that you know the world kind of shut down so maybe you haven't had like the chance to go in and experiment but like did, did you feel more inflamed because i know you said when you eat food you're like oh i feel it i know what's going on but is it that like when you overhead press or bicep, curl or whatever, like, do you feel that inflammation?
0: Um, I would feel it in, in how long I would be sore and how quick it would be to recover. Um, what I really noticed was, um, when we were talking about neurons, firing and the messaging is I can't multitask the same way. So even in day-to-day life, I can't multitask the same way. Like I now like make lots of lists and i have reminders and I just try to go, I can do one thing at a time really good. Not like I used to could juggle 20 things. And I I had, at the time when I was at the gym, I had told that trainer, I was like, I don't know how to explain to you. I can't engage my core, squat, and slam the med ball, (laughs) and pull back at the same time, and breathe. You want me to breathe too? And breathe. And I (laughs) I can't do a multifunctional, like, tell me just to do a squat or just press the med ball. But you might need to put me up against a wall or something so I can at least feel to engage against it as I'm doing the exercise because the modifications I needed were like, you need to streamline this because I can tell my body all day long to do these five things. And I'm going to tell you, my core not going to be engaged and I'm not going to be breathing.
1: You're just not squeezing hard enough. Right? Okay? Seriously. Come on, <laughs> tighten breathe, it up. Just back. tighten it up.
0: And I'm like, I'll <laughs> tighten it up. Yeah. Then I drop the ball. I'm like, what? I like... <laughs> One thing, and that's what I noticed the most, but yeah, I was definitely, um, and I can see it in pictures. It's crazy. I can see it in pictures and it wasn't just weight, but I could, I can see the puff depending on where I was, you know, in my training and stuff like that and where I was because throughout the three years I was at a boot camp, I was cleaning up my diet as I was going. I was noticing stuff. I took, um, Mm -hmm. my acupuncturist suggested to take, uh, dairy out of my diet. You know, I was having issues and stuff like that. And she's just trying to figure it out. And she's like, dairy needs to go. You need to cut the sugar. She's like, and I'm like, I don't, I don't drink milk. I don't, you know, I don't eat a bowl of cereal. Like, I have coconut milk. I was like, so what if I eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's? Like, you got to live your life, right? Like, I, I own the 1200 calories. Um, And so she said to take dairy out. So when I took the dairy out, I realized that I was allergic to pea protein.
1: Yeah, so so you know you mentioned that uh, so you feel the inflammation then, right? The the re- the reason I asked is cuz from what I was reading, they did a study um, yeah, 20, I think it was 24 weeks where they had progressive overload progressive overload for resistance training and they actually saw no difference between um, the control and someone who's doing uh, RT resistance training uh, as far as inflammatory markers went. And so that's why I ask you, right? Because we just talked about how even though science says like, oh, there's no difference. If you're like, no, well, that's awesome. I feel it. I can't be like, I don't know, Amy, uh, all the science says that you shouldn't be feeling it.
0: <laughs> well, the resistance stuff yes. always w- was better. It didn't put the pressure on it. Even some of the body weight stuff was harder than some of the resistance stuff. Um, and that's why I wanted to pick your brain because I was like, like I said, I've been doing yoga and I've been walking, and you know, it's getting warmer, so we're gonna start doing the treadmill mm-hmm. and the, the the rowing machine, and and I'm wanting to implement some some sort of something that get, that makes <laughs> right, make yeah. back a little bit. Like I know I can't have what I had before. I mean, I've specifically been told like you can't have that again, like that. Remember how infl- like how bad you felt in the yeah. inflammation? Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But if I could have like a little sure, muscle right. back, because your, your muscles hold your bones. And that's the whole thing about MS is you have to exercise. Otherwise, as you start losing function of things, if you don't have massive muscles to at least help support, then they're like, Hey, here's your wheelchair. And they like roll it up for you or your cane or your whatever. And I'm like, I'm
1: not. <laughs> that's not my vibe. Oh, well, yeah. Majoring? Well, I think I it's know, important to, to realize I kind of that like, uh, you know, let let that's, let's that's give an arbitrary number. If you have uh, fifty muscle, right, and and it is going to decay because it we all get older and it gets weaker. Yours is just happening at kind of a more exponential rate. From fifty to zero, that's that's fifty, right? But if we get you stronger and you have more muscle and it's eighty now, well, that's thirty more arbitrary points that you get to you get to be weaker in, and you're like, oh, I still feel good, I still look good. I'm you know I'm not as weaker or i'm not as strong as i was 20 years ago but like i got to this point because i was still exercising and i was still building myself up um which is a, it's it's a big reason why like personally like i, I don't think i want to live that long anyway i know i'm going to because like unfortunately my great-grandparents <laughs> live to like 95 or whatever so it's in my wow. genes to live long i know i'm like, way too long but like again if you can get strong and build up <laughs> muscle then you you're being proactive Right. Um, And so when we look at the resistance training protocols, like there's a lot of things that I read to where uh, I think it was the same 24 week study or a different one. um, Resistance training increased cortical thickness. So what that showed was that lifting weights had a neuroprotective uh, uh, effect uh, on people with MS. Like we know that it's good for our brains when we're healthy, right? Or when we have no diseases. We also know now that it's it's even better or it can be a weapon against MS. And so you mentioned how sometimes your brain feels foggy and like you're like, I can't remember things, blah, blah, blah. It is possible that if you train accordingly that some of that memory um, or ability to remember things maybe doesn't come back, right? Depending on how long it's been. Um, but it's it's less affected, which would be great then, because then you could be like, I did pee, <laughs> I do remember <laughs> I peed, you know. Um, you would need one less list, right. and then more right. importantly, like you could focus on maybe breathing and squatting at the same time, right? So, you know that that's that's one right. thing when I'm looking at this objectively is working with someone one on one who is focused on just like overall strength and then also keeping volume down because I was, I was talking to Brooke uh, earlier when she was like, Hey, like, do you have any advice on this? And I was like, I don't know, do, do what works for you. Right. Because like at the end of the day, like <laughs> that's kind of what it, what it is. Um, but really what what it came down to and she was like, well, that's kind of a shitty answer. It's like, it is an, an a shitty answer, Call but out. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely was a shitty <laughs> answer. But, um, you know, the thing is uh, what you mentioned Muscle breakdown, right, is a natural process of exercising, especially in, in hypertrophy, but it's it's volume. Uh, so, like the the increased uh, time in under tension, that's going to create a lot more uh, quote unquote inflammation. So, because of those tears, so if I'm looking at it, then you'd want to focus on strength mostly because you like you said you you need to be able to stand all day uh, you don't want to be fatigued volume fatigues you uh, and then also volume is when you would expect to see spikes in inflammatory processes so for keeping volume down right then you might not have that inflammation now there is kind of another side to that where because it's fairly new research and apparently it, it was uh it was kind of a back and forth people are like no no people with ms Researchers were like, people with MS shouldn't exercise because they'll get hurt, right? They're already these frail, fragile humans. Like They shouldn't be lifting weights, uh, which, which you talked about, right? Where your doctor was like, you got to stop and we're giving you this and we're giving you this and your life is over, right? Don't even try to.
0: He literally, I asked him, I said, I was like, so I run and I run to deal with stress. Can run. He was like, yeah, until you <laughs> fall and then I'm going to, it's not safe. I'm going to need you to not yeah. run. And I was like, "Yeah, you're shitting me, right? Like, I get, like, I appreciate the cautionary tale. Like, yes, if I like run and trip and fall a lot, which is a messing, like, I get it. But I'm like, you're
1: <laughs> right. <there."> well, <laughs> you know, doctors <laughs> don't even give so me start okay. on that. Like, yeah, come on. Uh, but I think having a concept two or a bike is great because then, because uh, you're you're chasing that runner's high, right? Or you're trying to ex- ex- expend yeah. energy so that your brain is like not." freaking out because you talked about it being stress you can do that on a bike and it's i always advocate for that anyway because most people have like shit running form and they hurt themselves when they run so it's like not only are you not putting that uh that force on you continually with every step right uh you are just focused on riding and you're just focused on zoning out and and you don't have to think about your balance even i don't think that you should stop Running so like you should still run a little, especially if it's good for you. But also because we know that motor learning is a process, and if you stop doing things, then you forget how to do them. And so if you just like stopped, and this is a neurodegenerative neuro yeah it degenerates, (laughs) then it's like, hey, we haven't run in four months. Like let's just give it a try, and then you you trip more, which you know is yeah the MS, but also just it's it's been a while. Um, so I love that you have the concept too. Maybe get a bike too focus on that but going back to their yeah they oh, go a- ahead sorry
0: they actually have a. I uh i had a client tell me about the bike app that you log it in it's like a video game uh... so we're gonna hook my uh cycle my road bike up and you basically hook it up to this app and you put the screen up and it looks like you're riding a bike in a video game hell yeah so you get to compete to like Buy a new bike or buy a new jersey or buy a new this. Oh, that's and so it's like this little scenic <laughs> video game you get to ride your bike on and she's like, Yeah, I've logged like seven hundred miles. <laughs> and I'm like Okay, okay, I'll bike a video game. I mean, just anything that'll engage you yeah. to keep you busy and you're you're spot on for that.
1: Yeah. And and like I said, there there's I, I don't I don't say this just to you because there's so many people who will do boot camp or will do group fitness training um, or small group training who almost have no business doing it because they already some people don't know how to move right just inherently and then you put an external weight on them or you tell them to do it fast or for a certain amount of time like it's it yes it makes you active and you will most likely lose weight become healthier whatever it is you want but like being being and getting strong is a skill, right? There's there's a lot that's involved with the difference between 135 and 225 is not really muscle as much as it is just teaching yourself gnarly how to move, how to control weight, and how to be safe in certain positions. So if I think about that, and then I think about how nerves are the the main thing in MS, then it's like, then you have to kind of attack that head on, you know? And there's, there's so many things, so many ways you can exercise, but like you don't have as much freedom as, as someone else because they can get hurt and be like, oh, well, I'm just sore for two days, cool. But like your ability to recover, you've said is hampered. So it's like, hey, if you want to enjoy lifting, I don't I don't agree with anyone who is like, you just got to stop working out, you know, because my doctors told me that. And I was like, fuck no, I need a new doctor. And we got a new doctor who was like, yeah, if it increases your quality of life, I'm not going to tell you to like change, yeah. right? So as Brooke said, so glad you did that. But it has to be more methodical so that you can enjoy that, you can enjoy life, and then you can get the best of, the best of both worlds instead of, you know enjoying life, but missing exercising or going balls to the wall, exercising and being like, (laughs) I can't do this anymore. Um, but yeah, the, the general recommendations of like two to three times per week, you know, eight to 15 reps, one to three sets for whole body. Like it does work even for people with MS because it's such a baseline thing of let's get you stronger and be able to move in a, in space well and hold yourself strongly that from there, we can build up. So that would be like my advice to you is to to do more of like the basic boring work of just, hey, we're going to build up lunging forward backwards. We're gonna build up benching up down and just like work that because then you fall in love with it again. You're like, oh, I miss this, I miss this feeling. And in six months when I'm even stronger, then I can start to play with, you know, how can I handle Olympic movements or how can I handle high intense stuff um, without my body just kind of telling you to shut, shut up and sit down. Um, so, yeah, I hope that made any amount of sense. And, <laughs> and helped.
0: no, no, it was totally awesome. Um, I've totally embraced the low and slow
1: mm-hmm. mentality of yeah. life
0: now. And it is, it's going back to the the basic, you know, just calisthenics, like, basic body movements good form slow tight and you feel it you feel it the same way and truly the the boot camp was me hanging out with my friends and the foreman there was for shit and people (laughs) got hurt within two and a half years to never return because they had boots or you know whatever on or like wrist braces or whatever so you definitely had it dead on on that it was very much a social experiment yeah
1: (laughs) another thing is like uh sorry brooke i saw you going um you know you mentioned like calisthenics and and body weight and like that is great but when we think about uh the uh, the size principle in in muscles and this is going to be a little slow for me it's been a while since i've like thought about this stuff but it just popped in my head (laughs) right you you always activate the smallest muscle first. It's just efficient to do it that way. It wouldn't make sense for you to be like type two, like let's go. Um, So if you're doing a bunch of bodywork calisthenic stuff um, and it's not like high intensity, high impact stuff, it's just like moving, you're not gonna hit as much of those type two fibers or like activate the rest of those fibers unless you are doing it to like failure uh, or there's an external weight. So one of the studies that I that I did read uh, mentioned that at home programs are really great for starting people up, but there aren't a lot of benefits long term because it's just the same thing. And so for for me, right, and for a someone who doesn't have MS, um, it's the same thing where at some point you have to progressively overload, otherwise you, you don't go anywhere. But the difference is that for someone with the neurodegenerative disease, you get worse because you're not getting better right um so whenever you get the chance to hell yeah whether it's a barbell or a dumbbell or just putting a backpack on as you do stuff like that's external weight that's lifting that's resistance training um so so challenge yourself to just like hey uh to your boyfriend just like can you just like push me down as i'm doing things like that's external external resistance as well um but something else to to think about yeah
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Nice. Thank you, Ro. I always love listening to your exercise nerd rants, personally.
1: My my brain's like, all right, focus. (laughs) You got got one task. (laughs) I'm like, what about this and this?
2: So, Amy, I know you're currently in a clinical trial. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, so I am in trying to form my team of people. I came across, I do a lot of reading and research. I try not to fall in the rabbit holes, but... um, I came across Dr. Terry Walls. Um, she was a physician, got diagnosed with MS and shortly after diagnosis she did all the meds and stuff. She was bedridden. And as a doctor, she's like, I did all the I did all the meds, like I did what I was supposed to do and it's getting worse. And so she went back to the science of it all. She went into functional medicine and changed her diet and started, you know, taking supplements and then she was using the supplements and she was like, Well, if these are the supplements I have to take, then what food do I need to eat to get the supplementation instead of having to take all these pills? So she has a eating protocol, and she is on a mad hunt to get enough research and backing out there and enough information for people to understand. And it's not just MS. It's mainly any autoimmune um, issue that you could have. And basically how to use food as your medicine instead of some of the other things. Um, so it's a year-long... A research study and so my timer went off earlier it was my I have to do a survey every night and every three months I have to do a, a diet recall and they monitor all my supplements and if I go to the doctor I send them all my information and it's basically just to track my progress but to be able to use your diet to control your symptoms and to, to start the healing process and a lot of the drugs they give in the MS treatment are immunosuppressants so you're shutting down your immune system. And that's one of my biggest fears if I ever have to take them is I was like, well, you know, if I cut my finger, how long is it going to take to heal? I mean, you, they shut your, they shut it down. Um, And so this is a way of just trying to keep your immune system nice and quiet and asleep. And so it's this weird combination of you need to eat foods to, help your body it's functionally the minerals and vitamins and antioxidants you need but at the same time they're triggering foods that are inflammatory that you have to avoid so that's where Nicole comes in mind in my head of like there's like this minefield of like you can't eat this but you can't eat this but you should eat this and you need more of this and not enough this and it's this little dance they want you to take so it's, it's, it's tough the eating part of this is definitely a tough thing for sure so
2: I read a little bit about the autoimmune protocol, and someone described it as, like, an intense paleo kind of thing. What are – I yeah. guess, like, what – can you tell us more about, like, what that looks like? What are you allowed to eat, I guess?
0: Absolutely. Okay, so um, real quick, for the research study, the protocol I have to eat is to make it really easy. You, it's by three cups. So you have to have three cups of greens every day. You have to have three cups of sulfur rich foods, which is like garlic and onions and cauliflower and stuff like that. And then you have to have three cups of um, colors. So blackberries, blueberries, carrots, um, sweet potatoes, anything, you know, and it's funny because a lot of times I think of colors and I'm like, ooh, red peppers. And it's like, no, not that. (laughs) And so that's when you get into the like, people go, what can you eat? And it's like, oh, fruits, vegetables, meat, but not quite is it so easy. Um, so autoimmune protocol is no dairy, no gluten, no grains, no legumes, no soy, no, um, nuts, no nightshades, no seeds, um, none, yeah. What's a nightshade? A A nightshade? A nightshade is, um it's tomatoes it's potatoes it's oh. peppers um i can't remember it's not the where they grow how they grow it's just this little happy family of inflammatory foods tomatoes peppers um potatoes it's Berg commonly over here. eliminated over here, like a bird
1: i can't give up <laughs> seeds
0: <laughs>
2: i
1: don't <get> right. seeds <laughs>
0: well i love nuts and seeds well nuts nuts and seeds do you know what they you're gonna die do you know what they want you to do if you're gonna eat nuts and seeds what tweet they want you Does to you soak it? them
1: they soak want you to soak them. your nuts why
0: soak your nuts I do that every day so it shower. helps to go, right. It, <laughs> right it helps to it helps to go ahead and start the uh break down the pectins and um, pectins lectins lectins oh, okay it starts to break them down, so they're easier to digest. Most people actually have issues with nuts, and they don't know it. It's one of those standard ones that they're like, they don't actually know, and it's not an allergy. It's it's it is not digested well. It's a it's a tough thing to digest. So have you ever done you it? Have you ever soaked them and eaten them that way? Um, no, because they get weird and mushy. Yeah, that's what I was Texture be gross. No. <laughs> Yeah, not a fan, but you, again, the crazy vegans, no pun, in, no, no, no fault there. I have wonderful vegan friends um, and actually use a lot of vegan recipes. Um, you soak cashews and you can blend them up so you can put them in soups or like if you want to make some sort of like cheesy casserole, you can use cashews and soak them and blend them up and put in garlic and nutritional yeast. And it's this cheesy blend of goo concoction that makes you real happy when you haven't had cheese in a long time. <laughs> Um, that's the only way I soak my nuts Because they said They were like You can have nuts if you soak them And I was like I'm not soaking trail mix Before I eat it That's just gross <laughs> Like I draw a line somewhere Right I'm, So I, I don't soak my nuts But I eat very few nuts When I do eat them Or if I do It's like almond butter Or sun butter Or something like that Where it's already kind of Pre-broken down
2: So how far into this And I seem
0: to be fine with that
2: How far into this Like year long process are you?
0: Um, It started in October I tried to quit in October
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I so there there's your basic three cups but then there's their these like extra credit foods that you need to eat um, seaweeds a big one fermented food is a big one um, organ meats is a big one omega-3 fishes on the list um, nutritional yeast is one soaked nuts was also highly recommended so there are all these like key star players that give you extra like organ meats have coq10 and coq10 is for for fatigue um and it's actually one of the things that really helped me get over my like fatigue hurdle in the beginning um so yeah there's a lot of do's and don'ts do you eat organ for meats sure no i'm supposed to it weirds me out um i'm mm-hmm supposed to the best ways to try them i've heard are chicken livers but in the south they are dirty when they cook them so it's definitely not the southern version of liver um i've definitely heard you can a lot of ways that i will bread things is with full fat coconut milk and then i take plantain chips and grind them up and add like salt pepper garlic powder onion powder um and then I can bread things. That foodie so creativity eat, yeah, it's coming in that, handy.
2: That,
1: sounds, oh, that yeah. sounds ultra creative, yeah.
0: Oh, it's real good. It's real good. Um, and then you throw it in the air fryer. Um, but we'll do it with chicken thighs. I just Bless can't wrap my fryer. head around the liver. And they're like, it's for, it's for CoQ10. And I'm like, I'll just pay for my supplement if it's okay with you. <laughs> I found this company, um, and-
2: though, that they – it's bison and they – grind like ground bison and they put organ meat in it and so I was going to start buying that because yes. I know oh. that there's so much benefit but I don't want to eat chicken livers yes.
0: either yeah. yes no I've heard that's the other way I've heard to do it they're definitely companies and they will make sausages and they will make like a ground beef that has organ meat ground into it too because um, they recommend um, calves liver chicken livers you can do heart I still get a, I'm just so much <laughs> for me and um, and then, or they say you can just go buy them and throw them in the blender and make your own. And again,
2: I'm uh, um, not doing that either.
1: Isn't that just like that hot dogs? Just... Can't you just eat hot dogs? Right? Or, like, <laughs> right. or like chicken nuggets from McDonald's where they're like, I'm, ah, fuck it. Throw it in there. Blend it all in there. Like you're getting bones. You're getting isn't garbage. That what that pink, that's isn't great. that what the
0: pink goo is? The, that's what the yeah, pink the goo pink is.
1: Yeah. I'm like, hey, this is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got organs in it. <laughs> We're
2: that one company is yeah, called Force yeah. of Nature, I think. And They'll ship you like yeah, the ground that sounds familiar. Yeah, meats with the organ mm-hmm. stuff. I'm, I'm gonna have to try some
1: Force of Nature. Uh, we're looking for sponsors if you're <laughs> willing. So,
2: <laughs> even yeah. if it's just free, great, amazing. Yeah, meat, I'll, I'll try in...
1: that. Yeah, for sure. Right.
0: Hmm. I'd be I'd be totally for
2: that, Nicole. So as Amy's kind of talked through some of the restrictions and like. how how all that works do you have any advice or like helpful words of wisdom kind of coming from an intuitive eating framework
3: yeah I mean I think when thinking about intuitive eating it's really this concept of coming back to trusting and respecting your body and just learning what that means for you um I am currently reading through a book called Radical Belonging that kind of unpacks all these different aspects of our lives that impact the way we live and eat and our health and all those things. And it the chapter I was reading today, it talked about, you know, intuitive eating being a great way to approach the way we eat and the way that we respect our bodies and the way we listen to our, our bodies. But there's also this huge thing of where we have to understand that that's going to look different for each of us just because of our experience and like what we're going through for me, you know, intuitive eating, approaching it, there was really nothing holding me back. You know, I had this open, this open field of, I'm just going to, you know, explore this. I'm going to eat the things I want to eat. And I'm not going to really have to think about it because I'm not allergic to anything. Um, I come from a place of great privilege. I am not living with an autoimmune disease. And so that's going to look different. You know, it's going to look different for each of us. And I think it's been so important and incredible to hear you talk about how you have established like this team that you trust. And you're kind of like going through this journey with a team of people that you can ask questions to, you can freely advocate for yourself. And um I don't know, is do you work also with a dietitian or is it just functional medicine doctors?
0: Uh, so right now I do functional medicine doctors. I've debated with the um the addition of a dietitian and probably a food therapist mm-hmm. because there have been days my cheese has slid off of my cracker, literally. <laughs> and I and my boyfriend would know, he knows I can I cannot get hangry. I need to eat and mm-hmm. I need to eat all the time. Because the food that I eat is such a clean burn. Mm-hmm. It it's it's clean fruits, veggies, it's lean protein. It's nothing that really sticks with you mm-hmm. and you just need to eat all the time and if you I get real ugly and i tend to sit in the kitchen floor and cry because i'll be hungry in a kitchen full of food where i can't eat anything and nine times out of ten it's not that i can't eat something it's the effort it takes to Mm -hmm. make it everything i have to cook i have to make everything you know yes i can go like chew on a carrot stick or a head of cauliflower but like again i'm a i'm a foodie Mm -hmm. like i want good food so the balance of that um has always been the struggle for me, um, for sure. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and I mean, all of those things need to be taken into consideration, you know, like that's that's your life and that's what you deal with on a daily basis. And so I'm sh- like, I mean, I love diving into like the world of dietitians because I really realize like how many of us there are and how different each of our practices are and so as like I'm a huge advocate for intuitive eating and um you know health at every size but there also is going to be you know other factors involved like having an autoimmune disease and so I mean I definitely encourage like if that's something like you want to learn about and like you do deal with like different struggles that like I don't know anything about and like Brooke may not know anything about there's definitely like somebody out there who's going to be able to dive into that process with you and just be able to like add that person to your team and it's just it's going to be like this continuous process of exploring and learning and being like hey like you mentioned earlier you know sometimes I just don't want to eat because it's so frustrating and you know even that fear of just like, is my body going to react in a way that I don't want it to react? And that's, you know, a huge concern. Um, So I think like you're doing an amazing job so far of just like advocating, finding that team. And um, that's definitely like my advice moving forward is continuing to just like add that support system around you. Um, Because, you know, for me, I definitely haven't like dealt with that specific factor involved with intuition with intuitive eating Amy question for you
2: so at the end of the year do you get to reintroduce some of the foods and kind of like do a tolerance test to see if it's something you can incorporate back into the diet
0: that is a great question um so it's funny I think when you're the the key reason I think a lot of times we do an elimination diet right is to find what doesn't agree with us You know, it's not an allergy. It's not this. Like, I eat this and don't feel good. Um, In the autoimmune world, anything that causes you inflammation, whether you feel good or not, is on your you don't get to eat list. And that's like the autoimmune protocol. It's pretty standard. It's not like a one day you get to eat this again. Um, You know, if you go a certain time. So um, my functional doctor does the IgG blood work, right? So they basically look for antibodies uh, c- consistent with specific proteins related to food. So they'll test you against foods. And then based on your re- reactivity level, they say you can or can't eat it. Um, and then my functional doctor, there are 23 different um, antibodies that resemble your body can recognize as gluten. So it's not just wheat. It's buck re- buckwheat. It's rye. It's millet. It's soy. It's coffee. It's... Um, Yeast, It's, there's this laundry list of all these different things. And so it's the proteins in these things that your body is reacting to. You know, I cannot have soy because of the protein, but I can have a fat, the fat of soy. So soy lecithin, which is not overly oh. healthy, but it's a fat. I do not react to that the way that I would react to the lectin of the of the thing. Um, I figured out, you know, I stopped, I pulled dairy out and tried plant-based protein, and this was a couple years ago before I was diagnosed, and my eyelids started to swell shut, and I started to get eczema on both my eyelids, and I'm like, God, what is going on? It's pea protein. So I'm very active to pea protein. So where it would be very easy to supplement a lot of my foods with, um, like, dairy-free or vegan options, they use pea protein mm. and aquafaba and a lot of legume-based protein to support their their diet their specific eating culture um and i can't have that either so um i don't get to add food back i'm actually like in my trial they just took away the nightshades where we could like sporadically eat them now they're like you can't eat it for three months um and then we'll let you reintroduce it and i'm the stubborn type a person who's like I have blood work that says I can eat corn. (laughs) Excuse me. Like I have my, my doctor says I can eat corn. I got it cleared. Could you not take, I really like short ribs and grits and collards. So could you not take, and I can't, I can't, I don't feel good when I like instant grits have other things in them. I do not feel good. And if I read the label, I cannot eat it. And I don't feel good if I eat it. But if I get like straight stone ground grits. And make them, then I'm fine, and so I don't get to put food back. Um, and I'm sh- and I have my friend that's been diagnosed for seven years. She's had more food taken away, you know. And again, it's not a hundred percent way to um, check to see if food's good for you or not, but it's kind of like the best thing there is right now, mm-hmm. especially when you can't necessarily feel. If it feels okay or if it's doing anything harm, Mm -hmm. because again, it's not like, oh, none of these nine times out of 10 are GI issues ever. You know, they just, I had to do GI mapping, if you guys know what that is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Right? And I'm like, oh, but it's okay. I'm regular. It's fine. I don't have GI issues. And they're like, nope, we're going straight because they're looking at your gut health, you know, and leaky gut. And um, so those are the primary things that all of this is centered around is your inflammation and... So, no, I don't get to add any of the foods back. You know, I, they took, they, this is basically taking any vice from me that I've ever had. So, they
2: did take corn?
0: The research study that I'm a part of took corn for three months. Yeah. Got it. My blood work says I can have corn. I'm trying to be compliant.
1: (laughs) Dude, for the sake of science. This one was hard. I was like, (laughs) I was like, should I try to quit
0: again? I'm like, should I try to quit again? And they're like, no, (laughs) I can't quit again. Um, but it is. It's to get awareness out. Um, so I'm happy to not eat corn for three months, even though I have been ranting and raving. And knowing my luck, I'll probably try to reintroduce it and will <laughs> it.
1: And they're like, well, you don't I'll like chip. corn anymore. But I live
0: though. on these. I live on grits. Um, don't kill me, but like Fritos or my jam. I put grapes in them. And it's like the best thing since it's like spread. Wait, Wait, what? what? Um, yeah, like a Scoops Frito, right? Yeah. Corn chip. And you put a grape in it. So it's crunchy and sweet and sweet and, and salty all wow. things sweet and salty i'm definitely this is
2: gonna sweet try and salt it that I, like. I have you know, to try it now oh my god it's so good i'm a little skeptical i'm not gonna
1: yeah. be honest but no. i'll try it <laughs> part of me oh. part of me is, like, oh, it's so is good. like there's like wow it's so weird but also i'm like you've had so many things i love fritos, fritos and i love grapes <laughs> what could go wrong so yeah <laughs>
0: Right? Well, you got to think about when you were a kid. Like, I don't know if your parent ever packed your lunch and you had, like, we used to do it with bugles and grapes.
3: Yes, bugles. Day, like,
0: <laughs> and I was like, it's, I was like, what it's the same things. thing as, like, a bugle and a grape. Because I can eat grapes and I can eat Fritos. And I was like, watch me. Sweet salt, sweet salt. And I'll, like, I'll go through a whole, a whole thing of grapes and a whole thing of Fritos
3: in, like, two days. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, like, your creativity. That's my intuitive eating, Nicole. Yeah, like, your creativity is such, <laughs> like, f- a huge component feel. right now, like that's amazing that you're kind of just like you're taking this huge i mean like food is such it's such a huge part of our lives and it's like that emotional and social and all these things and i mean you're definitely like handling this like a champ and like finding those those little moments of like hey here's a frito here's a grape let's try it out i mean that's awesome yeah
0: It, it's funny. I, I posted a, a video of me dancing um, on social media and it was, what was I eating? And it was funny because I didn't get back to the story in time to like repost it. And Brooke hit the nail on the head. Cause it was, what am I eating? And it was ice cream. It, I finally found, it's been a year. And I finally found an ice cream that I could eat because everyone that's in every like ice cream in the supermarket has pea protein or soy or mung bean Something or other in it, and I can't eat it. I don't know. It's in the legume family. Trust me, because I go, it. I'm like in the hair <laughs> Like I'm like in every grocery store. Like on the back of labels, like looking. Um But it's a local ice cream shop here in North Carolina. That's called awesome. Mama Burger. That's amazing. And they have them especially vegan, since it's local, gluten free, which is where the vegans come from. Because <laughs> egg a lot of times. <laughs> is the
3: this is ones. the land of the vegans.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I right. I well.
0: That's the only way, because they sneak eggs into things. Mm
1: -hmm. You
0: don't think about egg when you pick up ice cream until you read the label, Mm -hmm. and you're like.
2: I remember I had just seen you a couple days before that post, and you were like, I want ice cream so bad, and I can't find it. So that made me so happy. I was like, I think I see a lid in the background that looks like ice cream.
0: (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, I bet she saw it, and it was in the back of the counter. But I was like, I danced around the kitchen. I mean, to the point my boyfriend's like, I have got to take. I mean, everybody got a pint, and I got two. And everybody knew not even to go, well, how come she gets two pints? Like, I, I dare I dare somebody to say, it. I've watched you guys eat so much ice cream. We have two 12-year-old boys in the house. So there's all the bad food around all the time.
1: You just can't have it. <laughs> I mean, nice we, have,
0: we have like, we have all, I mean, we have pizza rolls. We have like the little fried chicken things you make sandwiches out of. Like we have all the junk food. I mean, not really, but relatively very <laughs> healthy. But there's all the, the like preteen food in the house and <laughs> that's exactly no joke
2: <laughs> do you get to talk we're going out to eat do you get to talk to the other people in the study and have like a support system because i would be like hey would you guys find that you can eat and like do you guys get to talk to each other
0: um yes and no so they do a group call once a week and it just happens to be when i'm at work so mm. i have not been able to participate on one of the group calls um they didn't have it set up. We don't have names. We have study numbers, yeah. so we each have a code, so you don't know who people are. Um, and then they did set up like it was almost. It reminded me of, like a middle school dance. Like they had a supervised visit where we could like get in a room and like talk. <laughs> and I have just found I think I'm the most delinquent one, as far as I can gather, I'm the most delinquent one of the group because they're like all into like I tried organ meat today and oh I did this and I'm just like.
1: I don't know, like, I'm trying to fight I back for my corn, don't. so I, don't.
0: <laughs> I mean I well, when I tried to quit the first time, she was like, Amy, we really need you and I'm like, I'm just really frustrated by all these like extra seaweed bonus points and stuff, and how many <laughs> ounces of nuts you want me to soak and I was like, I'm real busy and like I said, I can't multitask and that just wears me out. Like, give me the foods I can eat and not eat, and then let me do my foodie thing to them to appease like I need to be satiated, like I need to be food satisfied and this stuff is just not... I eat it, but I don't eat it in the accordance. And I don't want to tell you how many ounces of it I eat. I'm like, you'll piss me off real quick. I've.
1: Have, I have
0: a... Um. So I think I'm the delinquent one because I wanted to quit. And she begged me to stay. And I said, do I have to follow the rules? She said, do your best. And I said...
1: <laughs> said, I can do that. I have a question for I can uh, do my best. all three of you, I guess. So, um, Amy, my question is, if you've like ever tried or could you even have... Kind of uh, like meat based protein powder. And then for Nicole and Brooke, like, have, what are your thoughts on, on those? Cause like way and casein are dairy, right? And then Amy also talked about how yeah. pea protein doesn't work, but there, there is like meat based protein powder out there. Um, and I, I've never really looked into it, but I was just wondering if you've tried that so, before.
3: This sounds very nasty.
0: I, <laughs> I use, so I use, um, I mean, that's exactly right. Like it, especially when I was trying to still exercise accordingly and get enough protein. Um, and it's quick protein, you know, that you look for when you're looking like a protein powder. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually use, um, it's Ancient Nutrition, a chocolate bone broth protein mm,
3: that I've I can have. And I
0: also have collagen peptides Googling now. that I'll use.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard yeah, really good Yeah, the Ancient Nutrition, that one's
0: really That one's really good. Um, What's nice, like at Whole Foods, you can buy like the little sample packs of all of them. So you can try them before you buy the big jug of it. Um, And the chocolate one's really good just with water in a shaker bottle. Like, I don't love the thing that I have to. And also, I don't know if you guys, this has come across your plate. So smoothies are a big push in the research study that I'm doing. However, my functional medicine and other things that I've read are very much do not are bad for blending fruit. So about chewing up fruit and then your digestive juices breaking down the fruit is different than if you blend it, because if you blend it, you might as well eat a milkshake the way the sugar's processed. So smoothies are a big no-no for me. And like if I blend spinach, I also get fussed at because you're basically breaking apart the spinach, which opens up the histamines. So you're getting a brunt like push of histamines from spinach, which is not a great thing, it's inflammatory, so I'm not allowed to blend spinach either. So hmm. I I can't do smoothies anymore, um, which was a go-to for me. So the I do the chocolate bone broth and then like the collagen peptides, which is unflavored, and then you can flavor it with whatever you want.
2: Yeah, the blending thing it, that it breaks down the fiber. It starts to break down the fiber, yeah. especially if
0: you overblend the
2: shit out of it. So it's like a juice. You're kind of taking away. Yeah. The whole point of consuming a fruit or vegetable at that point,
3: you still get the like micronutrients,
2: but yeah,
1: huh? That's interesting.
0: Yeah,
2: so
1: they're saying mid mid uh mid blend is when I should throw my spinach in.
0: There you go.
2: It's
1: just a, an annoying process. I just want to have spinach. Well, if your
0: if, if your immune system's not mad at you, then I think it's probably not that
1: bad. You still get like
2: the like nutrient like, benefits. It, you just wouldn't get the if it's fiber. like a culprit.
1: Yep. My popo is green. Um, yeah, I, I, and I think that's so important. Um. That we're touching on that because, like, obviously, like Amy, you have special circumstances, right? Uh, and if if you are listening and, and hearing, and you're like, wow, that sounds oh, shit that sounds kind of like some things that I'm experiencing, like, definitely go to the doctor, right? Get yourself checked out, think about what you've been eating, whatever. We'll go to multiple doctors, yeah, yeah, yeah. You believe <laughs> yeah, something's
0: wrong. But that's the thing is. I have friends that are fighting for a diagnosis right now who lots of different, you know, neuro issues and they're being laughed at or they're like, there's nothing I can do to help you or your blood work came back fine. And she knows something's off. So she, I'm very thankful for my textbook journey where they, I have lesions on my MRI. It's a very quick kind of you, you to a T fit the list, Mm -hmm. but there's so many people out there that don't fit it to a T or they have multiple things going on and it's clouding what's what the path is and which doctor to see. Um, And I think that's where a lot of people don't know that part of it and no one's helped them or supported them or they've heard somebody else's story of, well, they said I was fine, but I wasn't. Like, you got to trust your gut. No pun
2: intended.
1: Yeah, that's a no pun intended.
2: (laughs) And, like, the things that you think, like you explained kind of earlier when you were listing the symptoms, the things you think don't matter, like, oh, I just take two naps a day, I don't know. Those are things (laughs) definitely to communicate to your healthcare provider because if you start – siloing these things eventually it could be like it's like a puzzle and that could be useful information to your provider to help make sure that you've got everything in line and healthy for what you need so even if you're like i'm always like this doesn't necessarily mean it's normal and i would encourage you to talk to a healthcare provider you trust their philosophy and you vibe with to figure out what's going on
1: Yes. And then on the flip side, because we we were we were texting each other and I was like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. Like, I know I'm under a lot of stress right now. So, like, I have all these twitches and I'm not sleeping as much and totally different. Right. Life is life. So if you're like listening to this and you're like, shit, now I can't have tomatoes. Like, no. (laughs) All right. Like, those are it's a totally different set of circumstances. But if you feel that everybody's journey is different. Yeah, absolutely. But like, don't listen to this and also freak out. Like right? that, that's not what we want. But if it does get you to think some, perfect, you know, do that, do that too.
2: Yes. Thank you so much for taking time out of your night past everyone's bedtime at this point. to <laughs> join us. here. I'm
1: chilling. <laughs> I'm out.
2: But Amy, tell us a little bit about where people can find you, where are you hanging out on the internet? If people have questions and want to connect to you, like connect with you, is that cool?
0: Of course. Um, so I am on Instagram. It is at Amy, A-M-Y underscore Wareham, W-A-R-E-H-A-M. Um, I do hair, Of you know, like I said, but I don't really like to post pictures of hair. So don't come looking for like hairstyles. I mean, maybe I normally post pictures of food because I'm very food centric for a lot of reasons. I love it. But like I said, it's been part of my journey lately. And I post a lot of pictures of the outdoors and stuff like that because low and slow is my new motto and just keeping stress low and just trying to be happy and healthy. That's awesome. And
2: we'll mm-hmm. definitely link all that up in the show notes as well. So people can easily connect with you and find you at the amazing Salon saya I love everyone there. You guys are the best.
0: Oh my God. That's the best. <laughs> that's my favorite.
2: Um, and... As a side note, we are all accepting clients as well. Ro is our in-house exercise everything. I just refer <laughs> everyone to Ro. I'm like, I don't know. He just knows everything. It's fine. to figure it out. Uh, Nicole is our health at every size intuitive eating expert. And I specialize in athletic performance and weight management. So if you guys are looking for taking some steps on your own health journey, and like Nicole mentioned, there's so many different dietitians. Words are hard. We can always refer you to someone that might specifically be better for your needs. We have like an army of amazing dietitian friends, um, so we would be happy to connect you with whatever whatever healthcare providers would be best for you. Make sure you guys give us a follow at Health Unfiltered Pod on IG and keep those questions of the week coming. Are we still at number 150 on the charts?
1: I don't know. (laughs) You know, I I like look at them like, "Mm." (laughs) I'll have to go and dig a little (laughs) bit more, but... Hopefully we're at 149 now. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, keep keep rating go. and sharing and leaving reviews. We're we're gonna slowly climb that ladder. Slow, low
1: lo and slow, <laughs> right? Low Amy and
2: will
3: slow. T- what <laughs> if they right? opened low it up and, and, and we're like number five?
1: <laughs> oh wow! There you go.
0: Crush it, nice. All right. Well, thank you again for having me. Yes, thank you so yeah,
1: much. Thank you for coming on. It was it was great. It was great to hear about your experiences. So.
2: Yeah, Ro, do you want to take us out and do the honors?
1: Let's do it. Cue that music.